0: Just a quick reminder, Rod Cleef's Boot Camp is coming here in Denver on May 17th, 18th to 19th. I'll be on stage sharing nuggets of wisdom. To find out a little bit more information about the event and to get my special discount code, just hop into the show notes and you'll get that information. I'll see you on May 17th, 18th, and 19th. It's time for the Creative Real Estate Podcast, your source for out of the box real estate investing strategies, brought to you by realbluespruce.com. Welcome back to the Creative Real Estate Podcast. I'm your host, Adam A. Adams. And today we are here with Gerald Allen Hennessy. And you have to say the whole name, Gerald Allen Hen- Hennessy. He's with Bentley, Kensington. And been in REI for 12 years. 12 years. The last two years, he's transitioning to commercial multifamily, but not just the regular way. He's doing this the creative way. So we're going to talk a little bit about the commercial building he has in Tacoma, his half a dozen rentals, how he's getting into buy and hold, and how he's utilizing creative real estate to get there. So with that said, Gerald Allen Hennessy, please say hi to the audience. Good morning. It's great to be here. Great to have you. So what, uh, what brought you 12 years ago, what made you decide to go into real estate investing in the first place?
1: Great question. I, you know, uh, back in the day when I was younger, I used to see on TV all the time a bunch of uh, advertisements for, you know, no money down real estate. The biggest one was Carlton Sheets. And I always had a fascination with real estate and wanted to find my way in uh back in like 2003ish uh, i got into the mortgage business right in the boom of things uh made some great money doing that and had a bunch of clients that were real estate investors and i was privy to their uh their financials and i saw how much money they were making in real estate as an investor and i decided right then and there that it's time i'm in the wrong side of this business and so in 2006 i started buying real estate uh the first house that i bought here in Tacoma Washington I uh, made an offer on it, I gave some, the owner of the house was actually, his house was boarded up, and uh, so he was sleeping in his car in the in the winter in the front yard, and so I made an offer to him, and his big thing was, I'll take your, accept your offer if you give me some cash as earnest money, because he was just so desperate to for any money, right, and so I made a deal, gave him some cash, and uh, it, off to escrow we go, right, on my first deal ever. Well. He calls me two days later and says, I'm sorry, I'm not going to be able to honor our deal because I made a deal with somebody else and I accepted their money. And I told him, you can't do that. We already have a deal. And he said, well, you can sue me if that's what you need to do. But uh, I already took the other guy's money. I already spent it. Right. And so I was like, okay, just give me that guy's contact information and I'll work it out with him, you know, and, uh, or I'll have my attorney do so. Right. So I called the guy up. He's a real nice guy. Uh, he's actually a, has has a private practice in medicine, and I went to his office and met with him. And he said, uh, "You know, how many how many real estate deals have you done?" And I was real. Pr- I, this is my first one. I said all proudly, you know. And he just started laughing, and uh, he ended up saying, "I'll tell you what. I'll make you a deal of a lifetime. I'll I'll pay for everything." We'll use my money, my crew, my resources, everything. We'll get it all done. We'll flip this house and we'll sell it and I'll split it with you 50-50. <laughs> I was like, yes, where do I sign? Let's do that. And so I was very fortunate by default to have kind of a mentor to walk me through all of the steps of investing in real estate on my first deal. So that way I was able to get a good uh, right off the starting lines uh, grip on real estate investing 101.
0: So, you have also done a few fix and flips yourself, right? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. So, so from from there, I went on to buying. uh, I took the the $30,000 that I made in profit as my half on that deal, and I went and bought two houses in Dallas, Texas, and then it just went on from there. In 2007, I bought a total of 26 houses in four different states.
0: What states were they? Uh,
1: Texas, Arizona, Nevada, and Washington
0: texas arizona nevada and washington and yeah. you live in washington so let me ask you this question what made you feel comfortable to go to texas arizona and nevada
1: well back in uh this was 2007 in dallas texas it, compared to the market here in the tacoma washington market it was kind of like going back in time because you, you could buy houses for under hundred thousand dollars back then in dallas texas and so the foreclosure, you know, markets were still really good, and you could get really great deals out there. And so, I bought a house sight unseen, and then I just flew out there. And I was I was younger. This is like ten years more than ten years ago, right? So, <laughs> I had a lot more energy than I do now in the business, and uh, a lot more uh, guts too, I guess, because I I just flew out there with nothing but a bag of clothes, and I went to Home Depot. I rented a pickup truck. Went to Home Depot, bought thousands of dollars worth of stuff, even tools, and then just took them and worked on the house, hired some guys here and there to help to get it done. But in general, I did most of it myself. Um, and then, you know, uh, got, sold all the tools and everything, you know, on Craigslist and then just jumped back on a plane and went back home and put the house on the market and it was done. And so that was, that was kind of crazy, though. I'll tell you what, I was single back then when, in those days. <laughs>
0: I like how you uh continue to take action. Everything I know about you so far is is you're just an action taker it's very much it's awesome all right so let's let's fast forward. Um, that was twelve or thirteen years ago back in oh six oh seven oh eight so really, what I would like to um get to right now and and chat about is I know that you are making the transition into multifamily and other commercial assets. You just bought a a commercial building, I think, right there in Tacoma. Yeah. So tell so, me a little bit about that transaction.
1: Sure. So, kind of jumping into it, or to kind of recap where I came from, was back in 2008 when things really started taking a turn, we, we saw so many people turn from single family to multifamily. Uh, that, that, that was kind of the safe harbor uh, for a lot of our investor partners back then. And uh, so, seeing the market kind of shift right now is really reminiscent of 2008. And so you, we're seeing a lot of more activity of investors shifting over, even uh, just participating in podcasts like this that talk about multifamily. There's so many more investors that are interested, even if they've never been in multifamily before. Um, what, what made the transition for me, though, was uh, really last year where I, I had an opportunity with a large commercial building here in Tacoma. It was actually the historic Old City Hall. Of Tacoma, Washington. Over 127 years old, brick building, uh, four stories, 50,000 square feet, uh, huge. And it's been sitting there for 10 years. And the city opened up for proposals to purchase this building and what you would do with it. Obviously, the, being a historic building, there are all sorts of restrictions. Uh, you know, that, uh, you can't mess with this, you have to restore that. You have to keep that you can't change that you know and Mm -hmm. so they they were very diligent about having a plan and so they kind of opened it up as a contest with a score of 1 to 100 and what we did was we actually scored in second place uh, another developer actually just scored seven points out of a hundred higher than ours and they're they're now in negotiations to finalize their purchase of the building but what we looked at was what do you do with these buildings that are kind of antiquated as far as their use. Uh, maybe they were from there were enough of them from a different era when industrial and more there was more commercial activity in those areas. And so, what we've w- with this old city hall building, our proposal was really to take this old office building uh, and convert it to mixed use with some retail and uh, marketplaces on the ground street levels with housing units above that. And it actually worked out to, to turn out really well because what the other proposals that talked about just keeping it as an office space and, and leasing it out that way, the rates for office space compared to that of residential right now are just a, a, a worlds apart, right? Mm. The spread between there. So uh, they, the plans that involved you know keeping it as a commercial office space, they didn't pencil out on a pro forma, right? Hmm. So, um, but residential does. And so now we've been looking at all these other buildings of what can we do with this building that nobody wants and turn it into something that's very profitable. And so the, the building that we're, we're just getting involved in right now, we originally approached it for a, a multifamily conversion, like we were talking about here and, it ended up turning out to be better suited as its uh, as a, the, its existing use, which is as an assembly space, so uh, we're actually decide, we decided middle of the evaluation and feasibility and due diligence to keep it as the existing event center space that it is now
0: okay, so tell me where are you do you own it so yeah we're in the process of buying it uh, we're actually
1: doing a syndication with that one just because the uh the capital expenditures, you know, are going to be a bit much on, on restoring the building and everything, you know, but. uh.
0: Okay. And so you're buying it as an assembly space or a, an event center. Uh, With that said, what are, you're going to hold it. Who's going to manage the event center?
1: Yeah, there'll be a manager that's, that's hired for that. A whole team of people, as a matter of fact, but we're we're definitely not doing any of the managing of any of, of these, uh, projects that we're doing. Uh, that's one of, the thing, one of the things I've learned over the years is that if I try to manage and control too much, things don't go right. <laughs> if I stay in my lane and do what I do best, things work out really well. What's you know? the
0: purchase price? Uh, 1. 1.8. 1. 1.8? How much are you raising? Uh,
1: 3.5. Pardon? 3.5 million.
0: You're, okay, so the purchase price is one point eight million, but right. you, the 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 raise for the syndication is is like double the purchase price.
1: Yeah, it's it's in pretty rough shape. The building it hasn't seen any renovations in you know I don't know twenty years, maybe more, longer than that in some areas of the building. So there's there's significant upgrades uh, that we're doing to the building, including electrical, HVAC, uh, all your mechanical.
0: What what are you projecting for the? Um, for the annual cash flow, for the annual NOI?
1: So that's the part that's difficult in this, right? Because when you're talking about a, a business, right, you, you typically would go based on historicals, right? But for this space, there really is none. Um, so all the numbers that we're looking at are really difficult to extrapolate out because you've, you've got multiple income streams that come from a business like this, right? So you have um, the food and beverage service, you have a door ticket sales prices. You have it, as an event center that you can rent out to one party for the whole building. You have the fees that are associated with that, um, catering that comes along with that. And so we're, we have a whole team of people that are working on uh, getting to an agreement of what the reasonable conservative numbers would be on this. So what we're, what we're looking at as far as how to, do, how to approach that is looking at what, is the, what does it have the capacity to do? And then our target would be a 30% of that. So that way we're staying on the really conservative side of, uh, of what's possible.
0: Yeah. Okay. Earlier, you mentioned that if you were managing too many things, um, it wouldn't go as so well. You like to be able to stay in your lane, uh, and focus on your superpower. And I don't know if you said superpower, I like to say superpower, what is it? What are, what is the, what do you bring to the table that really helps a team?
1: Well, I feel like I'm the fixer on a lot of things. Over the years with all the experience of uh, rehabbing properties and renovating properties, uh, especially single family, you know, as opposed to someone that does ground up construction, you seem to run into a lot more problems. Um, it, sometimes it starts at acquisition where you're dealing with a seller that has problems that need to be solved in order for you to have a successful transaction with them. But then once you start opening up walls and opening up floors, you start finding out even additional problems, uh, for example, with the foundation or mechanical systems, right? And so over the years, I think I've got really good at finding solutions to problems, you know, and sometimes sometimes that's in finding talent, you know, and finding the right person that has the answer even if you don't.
0: I love that. All right, we're going to move into the final five. But first, a word from this sponsor. Just came out of one of our events. And one of the coolest things is there was hundreds of listeners, hundreds of you <laughs> were there. And it was awesome. And we, we, it was so exciting. We learned so much at that event. And I remember asking you, I, I raised my hand. I said, who here flew in to be here? Flew in not just from Denver. And 80% of the hands went up. And that just makes me so happy just to know that we're building this, this uh, nationwide community. So it was great to have you all. And we have another event coming up on May 17th, 18th, and 19th, where a friend of mine, and he runs a mastermind that I'm, I attend, it's an awesome mastermind. But Rod Cleef, Rod Cleef has a boot camp on May 17th, 18th, and 19th, and it's gonna be in Denver. And I can't wait to see how many people flew in to see this awesome event. And if you're thinking to yourself for a second here, I'm not sure if I can afford to take time away from my family, take time away from home, take time away from work, or or buy this ticket, buy the plane ticket. I wanna say you can't afford not to be there. Okay. The networking is insane. The knowledge that you'll get is insane. Being able to take this amount of information and go forward and actually start making a ton of money within multifamily real estate is something you can't afford not to miss. So I have a promo code, which is in the show notes. So just go to the show notes, get your ticket. Flights to Denver are cheap from anywhere. And you are going to get so much value by attending Rod boot camp on May seventeenth, eighteenth, and nineteenth, Mr. Gerald Allen Hennessy, what is the most creative deal you've ever done? gosh,
1: uh, there's so many to choose from, but um, I, I think it's it's it'd be best to probably talk about examples, right? So okay, so one of them that's that's really was really difficult was a gentleman who was far out of the area uh, that I actually had to, to drive up pretty far to park my car, to hop on a ferry, to get across, to, ta- <laughs> to get a ride, like an Uber from one spot to another spot to meet with a seller, uh, just to get him to sign documents. You know, um, Other times we've actually had uh, documents that were sent into uh, in, uh, jail and prison facilities to get documents signed. But um, you know, what, my favorite creative, uh, creativity in deals is in working with other partner investors uh, lately, uh, syndication. Uh, it, it, sometimes these projects are so crazy uh, in, in good ways and in bad ways that uh, <laughs> when you're in it alone, like the success feels great, but you don't really have anybody to celebrate with, right? But when uh, a project goes south too, you're kind of in it alone and, and the pressure can kind of feel intense sometimes.
0: know? Yeah, got it. Well, one thing is that we actually have a a bunch of listeners currently on Facebook Live that are watching us and I uh, can see the names of everybody who's listening and not every single one of them is uh, familiar with the syndications. So, if you could just define what a syndication is for the Facebook audience.
1: Sure. So, syndication is where we essentially, instead of there being one investor that invests in in a project... We essentially bring in other partners and that way we share in the contributions. uh, So the one investor isn't having to put up all the money or resources. There's other people that are participating that at the same time, when it comes time to enjoy those profits, those other partners get to enjoy in those profits as well, whether they uh, were very involved in the project or sometimes some of our syndication partners have very little to do in the project. They're all essentially silent. Uh, in many ways. So it, it really provides a great opportunity for just about anybody to get involved in real estate investing without having all the knowledge, experience, um, and, and everything that it takes to be successful.
0: Thank you. Great definition. And what is a book you recommend?
1: Oh, man, there's so many right now. But, uh, you know, there's uh, of course, Think and Grow Rich is a basic one that if you haven't read this one, it's a great one. <laughs> But we're kind of right now digging into uh, Darren Hardy's Compound Effect. Uh, we've also got uh, Checklist Manifesto, which is a great book as well that we're uh, working on right now. And then, of course, there's David Goggins' uh, new book, Can't Hurt Me. I said
0: a book you recommend, and you just blasted with us with way too many. I will, I will say on The Compound Effect, that, yeah. one, that book's awesome. That yeah. book, I mean, it doesn't matter if you're you know, trying to be healthier try to have a better relationship with your spouse, uh, trying to be a better business person, trying to be uh, grow your syndication company, whatever you're trying to do, the compound effect, it, it, it'll, it'll change your life. So I'll focus on that one. that You, you blasted us with so many. Gerald Allen Hennessy, where were you five years ago? So I know you started in real estate at 12, 12, 13 years ago. Well, actually you started before that. You started in 03 as an agent, started investing like 13 years ago what did it look like five years ago where were you can you paint us that picture yeah i'd
1: say five years ago we were just coming out of the difficult times you know post recession it was really difficult especially if you were someone like me that had a, t- a couple dozen properties at the peak of the market right so in 2008 when the equities started dropping so dramatically and all the the mortgage lenders that were out there they shuttered their doors and they were like, no more, that's it. Even if you had an 800 FICO, you still weren't getting loans done back in 2008 because everybody was so scared, right? And so it, it made things really difficult uh, to do things traditionally in real estate for the years that followed 2008 up until about 2012, 2013, which would be five years ago, right? Uh, it, it really, I'm very thankful for that experience. Uh, it really forged uh, my career in real estate, but at the same time, um, it also forced me to look for different ways to finance deals, right? So back in the you know in the heyday of it all, you just uh, submit an application, and if you had a heartbeat, you were approved, and uh, there you go, you're buying a, a you know a property, right? But uh, in 2009 to 13, you know, you kind of had to do things differently. So we got into a lot of seller financing. Uh, subject to financing, all sorts of of different ways. And then, of course, syndication uh, to to pull the money and capital together that we need as opposed to going to a bank to get it.
0: Great. Um, Thank you. I really appreciate that. Great, great explanation of where you were five years ago. Where will you be five years from today?
1: Well, five years from today, I would definitely love to see uh, myself participating on a larger level in the commercial and multifamily and syndication space. Uh, I think I've, I've enjoyed the experience I've had with single family, I'll always be investing in single family just because it's, it's the bread and butter of real estate for us, but I, I would really like to uh, elevate my interest and my time commitments toward more multifamily syndication and commercial uh, endeavors and projects and helping other people to get their, their projects across the finish line. You know? Great. How do you give back? Well, I participate in my local community where I live uh, quite a bit uh, within our churches and with a, a number of different charities. One of the great ones that some of our friends had recently uh, put together was a, a, a fire truck food drive. Of course, there's some d- video on, on Facebook. Essentially, a friend of mine, Steve Hickey, he's, he owns a fleet of uh, fire trucks privately that he's bought. He bought them for, uh, for construction use as water trucks to water down his construction sites for dust control. And uh, he ended up using them for charitable use to uh, uh, raise food for uh, those in need.
0: I've never heard of a fix and flipper buying a fire truck to keep dust down. That yeah, is a he, first. Thank you for that. He's not
1: a fixer flipper. He's a builder, so he a deals builder. with a lot of
0: lot of lot, uh, empty lots. You know, I, I was way off. How yeah. do people <laughs> find you? How do they get a hold of you?
1: Facebook would be the best place to get a hold of me. There, uh, I spent a lot of time there. Um, and of course, I'm, I'm readily available to take calls and emails and messages. So.
0: Gerald Allen Hennessy, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. You had a lot of value. I learned thank a lot you. from you. And we talked about a few things that I don't think we've ever talked about on the podcast before. So thank you for your time. And until next time, my friend, think outside the box. If you've been considering getting started in a multifamily, I'm in a mastermind with my friend Rod Cleef And he's coming here to Denver on May 17th, 18th, and 19th. These boot camps are great because Rod covers everything about multifamily in three full days. It's also great for experienced multifamily investors because the panel discussions Rod does has top-level investors from our mastermind group. You can go to rodsbootcamp.com and use promo code ADAMADAMS to get 25% off.